Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. And today um, I'm, I actually want to share a dream that happened a couple nights ago um, that you've brought a uh, very cool insight to, uh, which I have appreciated and I think a lot of people resonate with, with this um, or just find it an interesting story. So, um, okay. I don't even know how I want to start. Um, in this dream, I was standing in a room that was foreign to me. I didn't know where I was. And I was standing uh, with my boyfriend, Eric, and we were in this very odd stance. We were both squared up to each other, and we both had our hands on each other's arms, and we were looking very intently at each other. And so there was, there was an intention to listen and to understand the other person. That's the energy of it. And so we were looking directly at one another, and he was asking me what was wrong. And I was saying to him in very simple terms, I said, um, nothing's wrong right here, right now. I said, but I'm upset because on this day in a parallel universe or in another world, um, you're going through something really difficult and I feel heartbroken for you. So I was trying to explain that it wasn't him as a human, but that I knew energetically another part of his soul was experiencing something upsetting and when that when I said that I felt you wake me up I felt you and your arms pull me from a different direction and I was very certain that I was awake at this point because all through my childhood and you've talked about this with your own mom um, she taught you how to wake up (laughs) I'm going through puberty apparently (laughs) she taught you how to wake up out of your own dreams um, by doing kind of tactile things. So you had taught me in my younger years to find a wall in the dream and bang on it or to scream your name because what happens is I would evidently wake myself up out of the dream. You were either, you were, we shared a wall or we share a wall um, and you would come in and wake me up if I was screaming as, a, as an actual human. But in this dream, you pulled me out of this reality and you told me to um, like clamp, uh, clamp down with my teeth. So like, you know, chatter the teeth so that I could feel something hard um, to know that I was awake. So I remembered you telling me to do this and I did it and I felt the sensation and you said, okay, this means you're awake. And I said, okay, thank you. Um, thanks for pulling me out of, out of um, the reality and waking me up. But you're actually still dreaming. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So then... Like moments later, and, and I, most people probably understand that in dreams you end up in different locations with no real um, common sense or or uh, process. Wait, time travel. Right. So I end up in a different location. This one made me chuckle. I was in a long, long room and I knew I was walking into the room to talk to Eric again um, to say the same things, but I had turned to my left and along this wall, this long, long, like roomed wall um, were tons of women from this lifetime that I have worked with um, that somehow I have either stood up for and helped them or they have taught me a significant lesson. So one way or another, they were very influential women in my life. Um, So I was literally walking down the aisle looking at each one of them saying yes. And the yes in the dream was that you could stay, that, that the contract was still going to be that we want, we needed to change each other's lives somehow. So I was saying yes to each one of them, accepting the contract. And 
all of a sudden Dolores Umbridge is standing in the lineup as well. And for anyone who's a Harry Potter fan, you know who this is. She's probably the most loathed character uh, of all time. So she was standing there and I looked at her and I went, what in the fuck are you doing here? Get out. And she, she didn't say anything, but she looked at me and said, you're not even the actress who plays her. Get out. So she turned and she's in her little pink outfit and she walked out of the door and I went through the people that I had worked with at the bank and all the other women and finally got to the end of the line agreeing to all these contracts and turned to Eric again in this foreign room, assumed the same stance and he said again, what's wrong? And I said, on this day in a different world, um, you're experiencing another upsetting uh, event and I'm trying to I'm trying to support you, but I'm heartbroken as well. Watching you go through this. <clears throat> then again, I feel you pull me. I had felt you, this is kind of odd. Um, I felt my arms lift up over my head and all of a sudden I was lying down. And I like pulled on your ankles to pull myself toward you. And we ended up in a different reality again. And you said, okay, you're awake, stomp your feet. So again, that tactile um, information of being, you know, I'm awake, kind of like the, um, what was that thing called that they had an in inception where he could turn the, the little, the top to make sure that he was actually in, in the proper reality. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I knew that's what you were trying to do for me. So I was stomping my feet to make sure I was awake. And then finally, <clears throat> I ended up in um, another one, because I'm, I'm still sleeping at this point, uh, in his current home that he, that, you know, that it was, was once his, his grandmother's and family home. And I can see all the spirits in the house, um, standing behind him, but it's dark. Everything's dark. And all I can see for in front of me is him, but then energies behind him. Right. Um, and again, very similar conversation. We're looking at each other and he's saying, what's wrong? And I said on this day in a different lifetime, you're dying. We're being ripped apart. And I'm grieving that and I don't know how to grieve it because I know you're standing here in front of me and that you're not, you're not walking away, but in another lifetime, we're being separated. And that's when I shot at a bed and, and woke up as an actual human, uh, gasping and, and feeling really, um, like it was a bad dream, um, just because the emotions were running so high. Uh, but I know, I know it wasn't a technical bad dream. So I, wasn't at home, couldn't run into your room to debrief with you. So I was excited to share that with you as soon as I got home. Uh, because I know, I know that's, you know, when we debrief, that's when we bounce the, the ideas of what, what it is that was meant to be learned from it. So I think this is the point where I would like you to jump in if you're comfortable with it and share, um, how you see it. Well, one of the things that I, that I said to you was that you were being tested. Right. And I knew that. And I remembered I remember knowing that you were the person not testing me, but helping me through the test. And you always have guides that help you through every test. And I know this as a shaman. I know this as um, a person who dream walks. And I always say to people, especially if they are experiencing hearing other voices, yeah. and, and some people in different professions refer, might refer to this as schizophrenia. Right. Um, and some people will not. Some people will refer to it as being gifted. Your inner voice. Yeah. Uh, your inner voice, listening to your your um, spirit guides, shamanism. There are lots of different terms for this. And I'm saying that purposely so that people who think it is only one thing, 
like schizophrenia, Mm -hmm. can understand that there are options to that. Right. Okay. And one of the things I say to these people is that you do have to leave your body, go into your dreams, go into other realities with your guides. And when you don't, then you experience what you call your nightmares or the negative thinking or the negative talking. Mm -hmm. Is that good? Yeah, I think I want to add to because I know this comes out of your mouth all the time. Um, when people go into their fear that it is negative and, and what you're talking about is you constantly say to them, educate yourself. Yes. Because if one person's going to label it something that terrifies you yeah, and you stop the education process there and accept, then you have to accept that you're, you're ill. Yes. And you might accept medication <clears throat> for something like that right. instead of understanding it and using it mm-hmm. and as a tool. Right. So these this can become a tool with good education and good supervision and right. good quality mentorship. So okay, if we're gonna throw okay. out tools then before you before you touch on the other points of the dream, then you've often said go to the books, go to go research other cultures and, yes. their, and their spiritual leaders and the process of healing in different cultures. Yes. Um, cause that, that's very informative. Yes. Because you'll have in all different cultures all over the world, whether it's native Canadian or native American, I don't know how you say that. Um, yeah, Indian, East native Indian, to certain lands. all different lands. Yeah. I just don't know all the proper terms and I don't want to be disrespectful. Right. But I know that if you say Indian in one culture, East India it might be normal, but you might say Indian in Canada and it's not considered respectful anymore. Right. So I'm I'm trying really hard not to disrespect somebody. <laughs> Given the rock we live under. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So when you fully understand if, if the term is shamanism, if you fully under t- understand journeying versus um or time travel, or astral travel, or alchemy, or alchemical healing, and all the processes of alchemy, which is what we do. If someone's educated properly, then they can understand that what you were doing in the dream was you were being tested, mm-hmm. that you had a guide, and in that case, you your guide was me, mm-hmm. because we, you, both you and I dream walk. So that we go into other people's dreams as well to help them with yes. being tested. Um and, and going and somebody might say being tested, does that mean a nightmare? It can, because nightmares where you're chased, nightmares where you go through different things can appear as tests. And can I also throw in there, Kelly, PTSD symptoms can be tests. So somebody might think they just have PTSD and not understand that there are tools for this, mm-hmm. that the, and that coming to see somebody like you and I can help them. So back into your dream, you're going through levels of consciousness or because that's what that's what North American culture can talk about it, levels of consciousness. Yeah. But other other cultures can say <clears throat> that's shamanic, that's mm-hmm. dream walking, that's astral travel. And that there are other terms for all of these things that you're going. And one of the ones I love is that you're threading the needle. Mm-hmm. You and, and I just created that term. That, that That's not coined by anybody other than Karen Sarlow. Is that I call it threading a needle. Meaning that you and Eric were going from reality to reality. Finding each other in all different aspects of yourselves in different times. Mm-hmm. So if somebody says, well, I don't understand that. That's okay. Some 
uh, that's why people come to see us because we can explain how you're moving through time. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing is to go and find another person's spirit, in this case, Eric's, where you're finding all of these different lifetimes where you have known each other. Mm -hmm. And it can be that you loved each other or that you hurt each other. Uh, and, sorry, hurt? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I just didn't know if you said heard. Hurt. Okay. Or knew or loved and or had all kinds of emotions and experiences mm -hmm. in different, I'll say, lifetimes or realities. Yeah. Because sometimes a soul doesn't come to earth and take a lifetime. Sometimes some people don't come to earth and have an experience in a different reality. Right. And this is where some... People with psychi psychiatric backgrounds will say, well, that's mental illness. And that's where people of different cultures will say, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. you, there's just a different education for this. Um, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, so you can stop me if, if I am. But you asked me some questions when we originally debriefed about this, and I, I thought it was really, really lovely. Um, you said, what was your initial attraction to him? Yes. This and, is important. Yeah, and I... I had to, I asked a couple of questions to clarify what you had meant, but what you were really asking was, um, what is familiar? So I just think this is beautiful. So I was answering that the initial, um, attraction, and I want to talk about types of attraction, um, were to his eyes and to the, and to the face, to the smile and to the hands. And in the dream, all of those, all of those parts or pieces of him, were the ones that were focused on. Hmm. So his hands were on my arms um, and the the focus was on each other's face. And that attraction can be that you find it physically attractive, but it's, it's also the piece that's most familiar, the most comforting, um, which I just think is really cool because I think people just think about, well, what, what turns you on is an attraction. Okay. I think too, sometimes Kelly, people don't know why they're attracted to somebody. Yeah. And it can be if their girlfriends or their guy friends say, what in God's name do you see in her? Mm -hmm. It's that thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a voice. Yeah. It can be, geez, I, I, I don't know. Like they're, they're, it might not be, that's your, someone might say, that's not your typical body that you're attracted to. Or, yeah. boy, the last girlfriend he went out with wasn't his typical. Yeah. And it's important because these are the things that I call th going through threading the needle that you kind of latch on to from lifetime to lifetime. Yeah. And that's why, like, talking about the different types of attraction, you can be attracted to the rest of the body and mm -hmm. be excited by those things, maybe on a physical level. But when someone asks you the most attractive part, you get stuck on the hands for some reason, or you get stuck on um, the cheekbones for some reason. And that is what I found really cool. And also sometimes when people are, are ending a relationship mm -hmm. and trying to move on and can't figure out why they can't let a person go mm -hmm. or why they keep coming back to them. Right. And I, this, that to me is a really good question to ask. What is it about them that you're attracted to? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it makes no sense. And this is where people go, it's driving me crazy that I keep getting drawn back to her. Or you feel stupid. Yes. Yeah. But, but that, that that goes from lifetime to lifetime. So keep going. 
because this is cool. It all comes in the dreams. Uh, yeah, I and maybe it's time for you to take it back too. But I just I wanted to point that out because um, there was such an intense focus on the way our hands were placed on each other, and that there wasn't really a looking away from one another. Um, that even though I felt panicked in the dream because I knew there was pain. Um, all those parts of him that comfort me the most were the parts that I had focused on. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that was really cool. Well, and you're also talking about when somebody you love is experiencing pain, whether it's physical, emotional, or mental pain, yeah. because of thought thoughts and pr- and beliefs and processing or challenges with it. Um, how much we can be a part of their pain. Mm-hmm. And that's empathy. And we, you, we as in counterparts, we as in friends who like, we as in energy healers, who are you referring to? All of it. Okay. I just I'm want even, to clarify for listeners. And I'm even referring to the listeners who know that that's their girlfriend or they, they know that's their parent um, or a child or a coworker or a neighbor or yes. just somebody that they don't even see very often but that they feel a real connection to. Mm-hmm. So you might not see them for 30 years, but you still yeah. have an inner knowing when they're hurting. Mm-hmm. I remember a client coming in one day and saying, I need to ask you a question because I think I'm crazy. I just have an inner knowing that this guy I went to high school with 30 years ago is in pain. Mm-hmm. What do I do? She says, I just had a dream. I just, And then I just have this inner knowing there's something really wrong. I haven't spoken to him in over 30 years, Karen. And I said, follow up on it. I said, if you can Facebook him and request and approach it with kindness and and good boundaries, ask if you can ask if he's open to hearing from you Mm. or send a letter and just just request permission. You don't have to cross a boundary. She did. So she contacted him by letter and said this. You've come to mind lately. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're open to hearing what happened you can reach me. So she just put out the invitation. She didn't yeah. cross the boundary. He did. He called her. Well, and I think regardless of how they, you know, how they react, who doesn't want to hear that you're being thought of? Yeah. And that someone cares. And yeah. And even 30 years later that someone still cared. Mm-hmm. So she, she, he called, she explained what happened in the dream and in that in her dream, he had problems with his prostate. And he said that was correct. He had just been diagnosed with prostate wow. cancer. And he was really grateful that she reached out mm-hmm. and that it kind of made him feel freaky and that he didn't understand it. He thought it was weird that she did this, yeah. but that in spite of freaky, weird, and all of these terms that, you know, uh, or ideas that we have, yeah. um, he was appreciative. Um he was th- uh, very thankful that she reached out, that she cared, that she got the, that message. He didn't understand it. He didn't care. Mm-hmm. He just knew that it was there and that she followed that and that he appreciated it. Nice. And since then, they've stayed in touch, not not as romantic people, but just um, that, the, that the caring is still there. Yeah. Cool. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn yeah. it back to you then yeah. to go back to the different aspects of the dream that you pointed right. out. Okay. Another, well, and you can help me because you know my memory. Um, but another aspect of the dream that I said to you was that it reminded me of my mom. Yeah. And that my mom, um, well, first of all, I'll just quickly explain that um, from the time I was very small, uh, and my eight brothers and sisters can attest to this, and my mother, um, that I had nightmares every night. Mm-hmm. And that it was very frequent that I woke up screaming. Yeah. 
all through my childhood and teenage years. Um, and apparently, um, my ex-husband tells me that I did during the marriage as well. And I don't remember all of that. But he says, and I, I believe him. And, and I know you and Andrew could support that and say that as well. But that it's been a very long life of, of lots of what I would call nightmares, but my mom gave me tools. So she would say things to me like, can't you turn over and hit the wall and wake yourself up? Um, and one of my most common dreams was to be in the funeral home where that my parents owned and that, but dead people were always sitting up in the casket talking to me. Mm -hmm. And I would always run out of the room and run, try to run out of the funeral home and try and run someplace in North Bay <laughs> where I could get away from them. And I was in the funeral homes on Castle Street. So I was always trying to get to downtown Main Street, North Bay <laughs> in my dreams. But mom was trying to teach me that you're in a dream, Karen. Can't you let yourself know this? Can't you wake yourself up? Mm -hmm. So she's she was my first person to kind of teach me how do you wake yourself up out of a dream, recognize that you're in an altered state of consciousness, and I'm only maybe five or six years old at this point. Mm -hmm. So kudos to my mom <laughs> for trying to teach me something at a young age. And I mean, as you're hearing, I didn't do well. <laughs> I, I wasn't a good student. It took me a long time. But during that period of time, Lots of things about finding other people in the dream to talk to. Mm -hmm. um, understanding that I could ask people in the dream. I remember in one dream, my brother Grant came up to me and said, Karen Ann, you're dreaming. You have options. And I remember in the dream thinking, I do? Mm -hmm. And he went, yeah. And I said, Grant, there are tigers chasing me. Instead of dead people, they were tigers. He said, well, I think you have some options. Here's a gun. And I put the gun down and said, yeah, I don't want to kill anything. And he said, well, what are your other options? And I said, I could hide. He goes, well, try it. But that one never works because this is a dream. Mm -hmm. So I had different people. And this comes back to your dream of where you found somebody. I found Grant. Um, I found mom. You found mom. Uh, but these are all your safe people, right? Yeah. So one of the things that you can do when you're moving through realities is to find a safe person. And I remember teaching little kids this. They could find a dog. They could find, so if their dog showed up in a dream, they were dreaming. If they had a cat or a turtle or whatever. and But then some kids would come in and say, but, but it scares me. My dog scares me. And it's like, okay, if your own family dog scares you, you definitely know you're dreaming. Because that family pet would love you and protect you. Mm -hmm. So... Um, identifying the emotion to understand yes. which reality you're in and catching yourself in the dream so this does not make sense so my dad's dead so Maury McGinty is dead if my dad shows up in a dream and he's not behaving in a loving way then I know that's not Maury McGinty because that would not be my dad's behavior so if it's not congruent with what I know I'm in a dream mm -hmm. is that good yeah okay tools okay go ahead sorry you just throw out random words and then you were you going somewhere or did you just tools? say those are tools those are tools okay sorry the tools tools so uh, knowing your pets knowing uh, knowing their behaviors and what's them and isn't them family members what's them what's their character and what isn't so that you can come into go into a dream 
And as you are in this dream, Kelly, where you're conversing with Eric, but mom comes in to be able to do different things for you. Okay, so I want to ask you some questions just to prompt you so that you can explain um, to listeners as well. Okay. When you talk about going into uh, altered states and different dimensions with your, always going with your guides. Yes. And in this case, you were mine. If I feel each time that I'm waking up, is my guide doing a good job? Or can you explain the guy doing a good job and what the test really is going into three different states before physically waking up as a human. Yeah. It's, it's being able to move from one reality to another very congruently within one dream. So you're going in to levels of, I'll say again, levels of consciousness, dreams within dreams. Mm-hmm. And I've done, you know, I've done this many times where you have to wake yourself up, but you end up in another state of consciousness within the dream. Right. Um, and that your guides are taking you through those levels of consciousness. But it relates to being human mm-hmm. and it relates to being in life. So if I'm in a job I don't like, I have to be able to wake myself up. Okay. I have to be able to, if I'm in a partner, if I'm living with certain people, roommates, whatever. I don't want to always pick on marriages. So roommates mm-hmm. and I'm not, I don't like that reality. I have to be able to wake myself up out of a reality. If I'm being abused, that's another one because we can be abused or abuse other people and not be able to wake ourselves up. And this actually is harder for the abuser than it is for the abused Mm -hmm. because they can't see their own behavior. So people can practice this and do it in the dreams when they go to bed at night, but it relates to how they're living their life. Okay. Is that good? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. And that's how you and I help them. That's why it's different from therapy or it's different from, and I'll say it's different from therapy, even though psychiatrists might say, well, hold on, we go into levels of consciousness. And I would say yes, from your textbooks, but we do it and travel with them in the dreams. So you and I show up in people's dreams to do it. That's the level of difference. Is that good? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sometimes I'm listening to you, but my head starts singing different songs, and that's how I get the titles of all the shows. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hearing, and I don't even know who sings it, but Dream a Little Dream of Me. Oh. And I think that's a really cool way to put it, because yeah. so many of our clients, as you're saying, will say, you know, I dreamt of you last night. Yes. You're dream walking. You're helping me understand my life, and yeah. and or you make me feel safe. And well, Anyway, I got the title of the show. Good. <laughs> and and Kelly... If, if people are hearing that, you like if they go back and listen to other podcast shows, they might hear one of the ones where um, a gentleman from India called and said he found me by dreaming about yeah. me. And woman from Australia on a bridge. There, yeah, there's there's oh, a lot of different examples in different shows. Yes. Of people in Czechoslovakia, there's all over the world where they dream and they're doing their own dream walking. And so you and I, someone might say, well, did I know? Did they call me in advance and book it? No. Right. No. And anybody who's in marketing that's listening to that. <laughs> yeah. Can, Why can go for yellow pages? <laughs> um, <laughs> My point. <laughs> now, flip side of that is okay. we do have clients, uh, and I have one who, who is also a good friend, um, who will say, um, please come into my dreams tonight and help me. Yes. And she will call me the next day and I'll, and I'll say she's a friend. She has that permission to text 
um, and say, I dreamt of you. Thank you. I asked you to come into my mm-hmm. dream and I'm affirming that you were there mm-hmm. uh, and is able to give us the affirmation that what she has asked for or the intention that she has set has been followed through. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I give, give another little quick example? Sure. Um, my sister has Alzheimer's uh, and MS and is in a nursing home. And I waited um, for over a year um, and did not go visit her. I waited for her to come and give me the message that it was the right time. She did. And the day that we went to see her, you and I, she was completely lucid. She was 100% on her game. Yeah. Back in reality as my sister that she was before she started to experience the dementia, mm. the Alzheimer's symptoms. So the dreams... She came in on uh, from time to time, letting me know how she was doing, letting me know what was going on in the nursing home. I remember one time when she was in a nursing home, um, her giving me messages. And then when I called the nursing home, they were able to tell me those things were true. Mm-hmm. So dreams are really important. And for anybody that says, I just don't believe in that, um, that's just their belief to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Um, so go on. You wanted to ask more questions. No. Oh, no, I, I'm just interested um, in the different things that you've pointed out um, that the dream symbolizes or was helping uh, me learn. Yeah. Because I think people may have their own idea of a similar dream they've had. Yep. And, and maybe don't know how to ask the questions or uh, like kind of deconstruct it. And it's really imp- like I get lots of clients and I know you do too that come in and say, I want to talk to you. That's one of the reasons they book an appointment is... Sometimes they don't even say what it is. They just book the appointment and say, can you tell me anything? And I'll say, well, they're showing me you in your dreams. Is this what you wear to bed at night? You wear tank tops and underwear. And they may say, yes, okay. Um, I'm going to go into some of the dreams. Do you mind? Nope, go ahead. And then I can go into the dream and tell them what they're dreaming and the purpose of why they're going through that dream. Mm-hmm. And this is also very, very important um, for children. Okay. Go ahead. I think it's also really important to point out that um, you can also say to them, they're showing me that you're not you're not sleeping. Yes. That you're tossing and turning, that you get up and you pace, that you have this routine when you can't sleep, that these are the thoughts that happen when you can't fall asleep. Um, or what's happening in the dreams that keeps waking you up yeah. that you can't remember. All different combinations because that contributes can to... I, can I go there for a sec, Kelly? Mm-hmm. So somebody might be struggling, and again, I'll go into wanting to leave something. This is a big one because it's a, the, quite often it's difficult for us to leave things for fear of failure or that we'll be left alone or lonely or whatever. So whether it's a job, whether it's a friendship, um, to kick a kid out of the house to um, put leave a, like leave a parent in a nursing home and walk away or to make the decision to put them in one uh, to, to leave a relationship like a marriage whatever okay so one of the things can be that, that they that they wake up they, they can't sleep at night is that maybe that in the dream state they're doing the walking away and so they can't remember their dreams because they don't want to, because it would be too disturbing to know that they actually succeeded in leaving. Mm-hmm. And so during the day, during life, they're trying to just be the fixer or they're the breaker and they keep going through the routine of breaking, fixing. 
And so what's happening in the dream state is is relevant and it's necessary. It's one of the reasons why the gift of dream walking for you and I can help so many people because then if we move through all those steps with them in the dreams and we talk about it in a session with them, they can get those tools and come to the place of accepting the next step instead of being stuck. Is that good? Does that help? Yeah. Okay. Anywhere else you want to go? I don't, I don't know. I, I think that was, I don't know why. Uh, I, I want to tell one really cool one. I, I just remember one night I, um, um, going to going to sleep and I would always set the intention that I wanted to learn. So in my dreams, I would have my backpack on <laughs> like a school bag and I was going to the McGinty funeral home where my parents and brothers owned and where I grew up. And the funeral home was the school in my dream. Yeah. And for a period of time, I was being taught there. So it was like all of the people who had died were my teachers, Mm -hmm. my parents, my brothers and sisters, the families that came there when someone passed. Um, So there's a gratitude for that experience to have gone through that. But then I remember in one dream going there, I had my backpack on. I I went into the back door of the funeral home again from the parking lot. And I was the teacher. Cool. I wasn't the student anymore. I was going in and I remember walking through the funeral home. It was packed. It was just full, full of humans and full of spirits, dead people and alive. And I remember in the dream differentiating between he's alive, he's dead, he's alive, he's dead, or, you know, back and forth and standing up. And it wasn't a school in the sense that a teacher stood up and taught a lesson. Mm -hmm. I had to go along and just see what each group were doing and see if they if they needed help or if they were getting through it on their own and that sometimes all I was doing was throwing geometric shapes at them or that I was just putting colors around them um, or I would touch a part of their body it, but it was so cool because it wasn't like any kind of a school here yeah and sometimes I'd sing or I would chant or I would just um, speak in tongue and whatever something would just pop out of my mouth and the next thing would happen and it was so fun mm-hmm. but it reminds me of, of the session sometimes yeah cool. anyway. yeah yeah okay i think that's it thank you um for the debriefing the original one and then also being able to to share it with other people Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm really hoping that there will be a lot of questions about dreams and about those processes um, after this after this comes out. Sure. So uh, as always, we'll throw it out there that if something sparked your interest today, you felt we left something out, or you just have more questions, um, you can email us at info at and uh, we'd be happy to make a whole podcast out of your your questions. Thanks for listening. <laughs>